what we find is, in, in this particular portion of Scripture, Jesus is sitting on the side of a hill teaching, and in this teaching, he is addressing uh, uh, the wrong understandings of the law, which in, in many cases will translate into wrong living. Jesus is describing and explaining how those in God's kingdom should act and respond, which brings us to this hard saying for today. In the scripture, it says, I know that you have heard that uh, it was said that you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. What? Jesus, you want me to love people that don't even like me? You, you want me to love and to pray for individuals that, that if they had their say-so would do me harm? You, Jesus, what you were telling me is that, that I misunderstood something in the teachings and I, I have an equal obligation to love my friends and to love my enemies. The answer is yes. In this particular portion of Scripture, Jesus is addressing uh, the teaching of the Pharisees where they take a very true statement where uh, Jesus and where God uh, requires that we love uh, our neighbors. And that's listed in Leviticus. Uh, that, that is very plain and very understanding. And they add it to the law in a dualism society that you should also hate your enemies. But Jesus says, not so. As a matter of fact, he can point back to Exodus, the 23rd chapter, where, he, where God says, if you come across your enemy's ox or donkey wandering off, and be sure to return it. And if you see the donkey or someone who hates you fallen under its load, do not leave it there, but be sure to help them with it. Jesus is saying, yes, you have an equal obligation to love your neighbor, uh, to love your your enemy as well as your friend, because all of them are your neighbors. And, and a lot of different sermons that I've preached and other people preach, uh, what, what we often tell you is that your neighbor is just not people that like you. It, it's not just the people that you like. It's not just the people that look like you, that smell like you, that believe like you, that hang out in all the places you do. But your neighbor is whoever God allows to come across your path. Your neighbor is that person that, that everybody else has cast away. But God is calling you to minister to your neighbor is that one that needs love. And, and because you have it and God has placed you in their presence is your obligation to give it. God is calling us to expand our, our, our understanding of what neighbor is so that we can choose to love. Yes, I said choose to love. Love every day is a choice. You notice nowhere in the scripture that we read does Jesus uh, 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 point towards how we feel. He doesn't say, well, if you feel like loving, go ahead and love. If you have the warm and fuzzies, it's okay. Jesus says, love those people that cause you not to have warm and fuzzy. So when we look at that, we understand that in looking in 1 Corinthians 13, love is more than a feeling, but it is an action. So if love is an action, that means it's also a choice. So what Jesus is telling the people to do, telling us to do, is to love uh, those that, that, that 
seem to be unlovable, to be kind to those that are less than kind to us, to be patient with those that are impatient with us, to be long-suffering with those that have short fuses when it comes to us, to be all that is designed uh, to show that we are children of the Most High God in every situation. That we, he, he is demanding that our love does not change based on the people that stand in front of us. He gives us in the scriptures the example of the Good Samaritan, where two people groups that don't like each other, that did everything they could to avoid each other, all of a sudden uh, come center point in a story where the Samaritan stops and not only gives aid, but sacrifices time and money to make sure that, that, that the person that hated him is okay. And talk about, uh, I, I love black history because after all, I'm black. <laughs> the Tuskegee Airmen who were, were called all kinds of things and were shunned and were moved out of the way. But when they, they got the opportunity to serve, they served well and protected those that despitefully uh, used them, that cursed them, that talked down to them. We can talk about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who fought for civil rights and found that violence was coming against him at every turn. But instead of meeting violence with violence, he met violence with love. And his statement says, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And though he be battered, though he be bruised, though he be talked about, he fought for equality and justice for all. Because many people understand and remember that he fought for the lives and the rights of black individuals in this country. But his fight was not just for black individuals for this country. One of the largest fights that he had was also for women. And so what he says is, I'm not, I'm not going to only fight for those that look like me, but I'll fight even for those that don't look like me, those that have had say about me because if, if I uh, 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 achieve a certain level of freedom, I believe everybody should achieve that same level. You see, loving your enemies has to extend beyond how you feel about a person, a situation, or how, even how they feel about you. The scripture says, to do this so that you may be sons or daughters of your father who is in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain and on the righteous and the unrighteous. What he's saying in this is this. You're not doing this to become the sons and daughters. You're doing this because you are the sons and the daughters. The scripture says that they will know you are, are my disciples by the love that you show. You see, the proof in uh, whose we are and, and what we believe is based in the choices that we make. They, they will know who you are by the choices you make. Now, the interesting thing is when, when Jesus begins to talk about this, he also gives the example that God allows the sun to shine on everybody. He allows the rain to fall on the unjust farmer's fields, just like on the just farmer's fields. He, he gives heartbeats to all of us as we walk and live and breathe. But he also gives a great example when, when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What am I saying? I'm saying that when we rejected God and by all definition could be viewed as his enemy, 
for we rejected his grace. We rejected his salvation and we chose our own way. God loved us. Amen. I'm not the only one that has a past. So I can say that when I rejected the things of God and did not stand where God called me to stand, he still loved me. And it is by his grace, it is by the grace of the Most High God that I'm able to stand today. And I would argue that because I'm not the only one with a past, that you can say the same. It is the love of God that, 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 that allowed us to change, to be better, to understand, to receive the revelation, to, to get his love, and to, to be all that God has called us to be. And so it will be the love of Christ that also takes your enemies into being friends. It's amazing. There was a story where it talks about these, these people at war, and one of the generals said, I don't want to get to know my enemy because if I get to know my enemy, then I can't hate them. I can't fight them. They can't be my adversary. What, what God is saying is that if we are truly to go ye therefore and make disciples of all men and of all people groups, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, what we need is a change of heart so that our fear, so that our prejudice, so that, that all those things that the world gives us that divide it is amazing how, how you can gain a friend just by having a conversation. It is amazing how your heart will change towards a people when you understand or you can hear their struggles and their challenges. It is amazing how an enemy can become your friend overnight if you, uh, over a dinner table where you begin to listen and understand what their mission is. What you find is that more often than not, you're not as, as different as you thought. It is in the scripture where it says, for if you love those who love you, what reward is there? Collectors do the same. If you greet doing for others. In short, if you like people, as long as they act like they like, act like you like them to act, but when they don't act like you like them to act anymore, you don't like them anymore. Y'all heard that before. Then are you really showing the love of Christ? If God is calling you to, to go you therefore and make disciples, but your actions show that you are following a different doctrine, a different way than that of the gospel, what really are you creating in the world? If love is what you desire and what you need, but you refuse to give it to others, what impact are you making for the kingdom? God said, Jesus said, I know what the world has told you, but I want you to not only love those that you like, but love those that don't like you. And I believe that the question started off as what? But now the question has to be how? Scripture goes on to say, so be ye perfect <laughs> as God is perfect. And I believe that's the how. Now you're asking me what again? I'm not saying that you can be perfect by any means because quite frankly, none of us are, especially not me. But what the scripture is calling for us to do is to be whole in God. What does that mean? 
it means to be wholly devoted to. It means to be wholly uh, committed to. It means to give all of our heart, our minds, and our beings to God in the pursuit of God's way. It means that we are chasing after the one that can make our strength perfect in our weakness. It, it, we are chasing after the one that can give uh, a perfect joy and perfect love. It, we are chasing after the one that has the perfect idea of what our purpose in life is, so much so that as we go to love one another, his perfect love comes into the room and makes all the difference. You see, we can't do this by ourselves. We can't do this on our own strength. We cannot do this of, of, of our own talent, but through God, all things are possible. So walking into a room with those that, that absolutely positively hate you can be uh, an impossible feat for some, but I assure you, if you walk in in the power of the Most High God, that, that it will become easier with every word that you say. How do I know that? Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I have been uh, uh, talked about. I have been mistreated. I have, uh, uh, things have been done that hurt me and my family. And God has always positioned me back into a place where I have to not only talk to that person, but minister to that person. When I tell you it's hard at first, it is. But when I tell you that 98% of those encounters ended with tears and hugs and love and service and partnerships, it has. What am I saying to you today? Loving your enemy of your own power is hard. Did you hear that part? It is hard. It is hard. Did I discount that? But loving your enemies, the way that Christ asks us to ask us to love them, choosing to be all that Christ has called us to be, makes it easy to stand in difficult places and represent the most high God. People of God, love is our banner. It is our call. It is our mission. And it is our purpose. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.